delayed this Monday episode. Could you help me find it? <laughs> Are you sure you didn't mislay it in somebody's neck? Oh, that that's where it is. Here, let me get that really quick. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, 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 good, good, good. Okay, Go slow, go slow, go slow. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Welcome, ladies and children and gentlemen of all kinds, shapes, and sorts. This is Game of Owns. It's a podcast. Sometimes they call it goo. I've heard it called goo before. Yeah. Do you ever question the abbreviation of our show title? Um, in order, I, I guess I need a substitute before I did that because I, I prefer when I'm saving file names like our episode files and all that stuff that it be short so that I type less and save it quickly. So yeah. I just I've been typing goo and then the number or goo this goo. In fact, my notes for today's show are called goo now. So I'm just oh. like I thought that was yeah. No, it's handy. You know, it's just handy to have a three letter. Uh, abbreviation of your show. I don't yeah. know what else it would be. We couldn't really find anything shorter, right? Go. 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 Hey, because... everybody. <laughs> Welcome to G. Uh, my name is Zach. Eric's with me. Eric's I am here. here. We're all, we're, you know, we're, we're the tried and true soldiers of the Goose Soldier Squad. It's true. And the thing is, we're also the ones that have read least of the series. So everyone who's hanging out with us today, uh, appreciate that fact. We're just, we're probably as stumped as most of you. Yeah, it's true. And by, you know, the more people read, uh, such as Micah and Selena, who can't make it today, um, I think they have less appreciation for the individual chapters, such as this one, where interesting stuff happens. But, you know, it's not their fault. It's just that they're these books are quite massive, thousands of pages each. And by the time you get to reading the fifth book or sixth book, or whatever it is, they, you know, Mike and Selena are on right now, um, it's probably got to be hard to to really just appreciate a small chapter such as this one. I appreciate it. I th- honestly, like, I uh, I texted people literally after I had read this, and I said, F, that was an awesome chapter. Because And Eric, when we, we just got on Skype, he's like, hey, what'd you think of the chapter? And I was like, save it. <laughs> save it. I knew you had, like, gold this <laughs> well, time. I, it might be some sort of, like, impure silver, but I do have to say that this was a cat chapter. We got it from her POV, and it was probably – I don't want to say it was my favorite, but you know how we've had battles in, like, the last handful of chapters, you know? Yeah, yeah. This was one of the most interesting ones because she essentially sat on top of a ridgetop as Rob and all of his men went and took on Jamie Lannister. And so the entire perspective we got was all from sound. So we sort of read a podcast about a battle. So – we're secondhand lining you this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they went from the the previous chapter was the Tyrion Lannister in battle, you know, with everybody getting their ears cut off. Um, and this one was again though it was from Kat's perspective, and she didn't even fight. So I got to make the argument again: shouldn't this have been a Rob Stark chapter? I would agree with you on that level completely. I mean, I know we don't hear from Rob at least yet, and and we only see him through other people's eyes. It kind of makes him more enigmatic. I think we we made that argument before, but she really just kind of sits up on this ridge and thinks about all the men who left her and asked her to wait for them and all this other stuff, and then she hears essentially listens to the battle. Now, I do have to hand it to George R. R. Martin though, because it's got to be challenging to write a battle when you're in the thick of it. And it's also got to be challenging to write what a battle sounds like when somebody's just up on the ridge listening to it. Right. Um, so she, she, you know, and there are little moments where I think this storytelling still flourishes, such as Catelyn asking herself, is there only one direwolf? Because it's ripping and tearing and men are screaming. And she's right. like, Oh my gosh, you know, this, this wolf is tearing people apart. 
but you know she doesn't see it and at the end of it she um you know when rob stark fortunately returns alive um him and some of his men come back including the young Greyjoy, and you know they give her an account of what just happened but you know here here again we find this cat chapter where there's been sort of a lapse in time you know there's a paragraph that begins afterwards she said you know she couldn't say that she actually saw the battle I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, again, they've done this this passage of time in the middle of one of her chapters. That is weird, I, I think. I don't know if that's a flaw or if it's not a flaw. Does that make any sense? Like, to me, I feel like chronologically writing, there should be – maybe we'll find an overarching theme. Like, maybe at the very end, she's, like, reading a storybook to someone. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Or someone yeah, else. Yeah, possibly. Like, you mean in her perspective – like, her specific POV, it's more – tailored to some kind of like her telling somebody else's story right well like in the hobbit for example bilbo like the whole idea is that bilbo has written the story like we're reading right. a book that he essentially has written from a different perspective so oh. you know so a passage of time where catelyn's like later catelyn would find that yada 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 like <laughs> literally between two paragraphs of her own thoughts you know what i mean yeah and like the th i wouldn't even bring it up at all if this wasn't the second time that i noticed this and the second time that happened in the in a catlin chapter the first time pulls being, you out of it you know? well, yeah a little bit because it's like well afterwards she made this she made that and i'm like okay that's an interesting it's just probably another way of varying the sentences yeah you know like like explaining that um just another way of introing the fact that there's been a passage of time but still it's the second time that there's been this lapse the first time was obviously her her recently with her arrangement with walder frey where it you know, she kind of broke him in and then it split to her exiting saying, hey, we made this deal. Right. Um, but, you know, regardless, again, it wasn't that bad a chapter. And, when, you know, when you're listening into the battle, you do kind of, I guess, you know, that was how he chose to give us the details. And I think it still worked. Yeah, no, I really love this chapter because, first off, I'm a huge Rob Stark fan. I'm pretty sure everybody knows that. But most of the beginning of the chapter was sort of looking at him through adoring eyeglasses you yeah. know he was yeah. he was so tall and gallant in his armor and it was you know he was on top of a gray horse and i'm thinking man that's a sweet color palette you got going on there like that's pretty cool and then he puts on his helmet and turns to his mother and she said he looks just like a, a giant like <laughs> tall young knight she's like I, I can't believe he's that tall and big and strong and he's got this badass legendary direwolf beside him it's true gray wind yeah that that is unlike like anything any of them have ever seen yeah. and you know he's like i'm gonna go ahead and ride ride down to the men and go have a conversation with them before we fight because it puts them in high spirits you know and that was such a neat thing because first off he's paying homage to his father who taught him that obviously mm -hmm. but also yeah. he's stepping out of his age and it's just showing us time and time and again sort of just how strong of a leader he has grown into yeah, I mean, we saw in a previous chapter, I wouldn't say that Catelyn coddles him, but she certainly does look out and she wants to arrange, she's tried to arrange before, like, her opinion this, her opinion that, trying to get herself, you, you know, trying to advise him and that sort of thing. But in this chapter, she steps aside, you know, he's the one who wants to run along his lines and, and see his men. And also, there's a moment when he points to the map of the area. Of course, I think his father told him to, to, to read maps too, but he tells his men, he tells his men where to go. He's like, the big key is here and we really need to open up this chest. Yeah. There's a bow and arrow inside. So let's do this real quick. Yes, let's do that. So, <laughs> uh, so here we see Rob actually leading. Like, this isn't even Catelyn says, well, wouldn't you rather do this? This is Rob saying, look, guys, all right, we're going to come around here. You're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to get him in the bag. It's going to be trapped. Nobody's going to know about it. Oh, and also... Um, one of the men reports that they 
kept killing all the birds that were trying to deliver messages of warning to Jamie Lannister. So um, we got all these dead birds. We're going to have a soup later. It's going to be great. <laughs> well, we've been hearing so much about this purported strategy that Rob's been handling. And since we haven't actually got a chapter from his perspective, and we've mentioned this before, we don't really know anything about the strategy other than the fact that he wants to cut them off at River Run so they can't mm-hmm. have a full force battle. Yeah. So, you know, reading this chapter, we get to see all of these things kind of tumble into existence just from the sounds that she's hearing. So we know that they have a bunch of archers dressed in green hidden in the trees. We know that the Karstark has his people and a whole an entire contingent of their army hidden in these trenches to the side of this place where they're actually battling. And so as the Lannisters move in, they're shouting, Lannister, Lannister. People are shouting, River Run, Tully, Fishes, uh, Lunch on Silver's Alaskan Shrimp Crab. It's delicious. And... They, they they jump into battle and then all of a sudden they're flanked from behind and you know there's really no way that the Lannisters can win like these Stark guys like just kick their living asses because Rob played way too much Call of Duty back in the day you know yeah yeah it was awesome yeah yeah absolutely and and even though the they they figured it out before the battle that the Lannister men out outnumber them three to one um, according to Theon Greyjoy they've actually managed to kill ten Lannisters for every one of their men lost yep. And that that's that's badass. And oh, yeah. I think I think a lot of that has to do with the element of surprise, which they they you know they found them in, um, which stems again from their killing the birds. Um, it's a shame that so many birds had to die, but <laughs> once you teach them to, to to once you teach them to carry your letters, it's fair. They're fair game. You teach a bird to fly, and then you kill it. That's pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it was a great chapter, and you know, we we I feel like we're giving Catelyn some unfair shit. She didn't pick to be written about, you know. Like it, it was fine, <laughs> you know. Like she had her, she had her bit. She got to see the battle. It was actually a really unique way to ingest the battle because normally in literature, you know, you're kind of thrown into it, and it's a little bit disorienting. But this time, I feel like it was the opposite of disorienting. It was actually very controlled. So it was sort of a refreshing way to experience a battle through someone else's words. And I'm not particularly someone who just enjoys reading battles within these things like the battles aren't my favorite parts you know blackwater wasn't my favorite episode yada 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 i love battles pretty much like the rest of us i think we're all inherently violent and love to see a little bit of that but i uh i thought this was a nice break and one of my favorite chapters so far honestly because it was so much doting upon rob and making him seem stronger which i think is good for their entire cause yeah, I agree. So it was cool. It was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Jamie. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously the, the the prize of this chapter is 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 of course um, the capturing of Jamie Lannister, uh, the Kingslayer, who is a proud man, so proud that he will not stay home, um, you know, and let his men fight for him. He often rides headfirst into the battle. They really have his number. The Stark men. <laughs> They know him. They know his, his, and it's not even necessarily arrogance. It's confidence. It's impatience. That's what. That's the word that they keep using. Is that yeah. he's not a patient dude, and they they're able to get him to the point where it's very it's very obvious that he's not going to survive this battle, and right. so he decides to take as many Karstark men with him um, as he can. But he basically he decides in in that last moment with his last potential for for you know, attack to go straight for Rob. And he actually, this isn't said, I guess I'm infusing it through context clues. Rob says it to Catelyn, but just that he basically was coming straight for Rob. And then these three or four guys, you know, most of them car Starks actually like jumped in front and defended Rob. Rob basically says to Catelyn, look, if these guys hadn't, 
you know, been in between Jamie and me, I would have died. And Catelyn's like, but the, you know, these men swore to protect you. That's the thing. Don't feel bad about it. Right. Um, no, it's actually really interesting because the, the Lannisters were fallen pretty much. Like there was pretty much no chance left. And Jamie like saw his options, whether to fall back and, and either retreat or to die trying. And he, he, uh, he decided that both of those options were terrible and that he was just going to sprint up the hill toward Rob. And so the entire <laughs> time he was sprinting toward Rob, you know, the Karstark sons jumped in front of him. Mr. Karstark was nowhere to be found because he was dealing with some other people. Um, he cut them all down, like chopped off their hand, you know, bleeding out of the stump of an arm, like sliced the skull open and beheaded yeah. someone. And the entire time he did this, he's wearing no helm. They had seen him earlier in the chapter, like through the trees Catelyn had. So we're seeing it from a woman's perspective. And she was like, I could see his, you know, armor set on fire by the moonlight. And he was riding <laughs> into battle without a helm, just to sh like his hair, just waving in the wind. <laughs> and so he's running up this hill and the entire time. And he like does this sweet ass move. He's like a cleric. Like, he's crazy good. He kills these men, and the entire time he's doing it, he's just saying, Rob, you get down here, you bastard. Basically, like, he's just yelling Rob's name and just basically staring at him, you know, and Rob couldn't help in time. And essentially, what happened was they captured him, and they captured, you know, the show doesn't allude to this, but they captured a bunch of other Lannister people. Um, yeah, a lot of the Bannermen. Including some actual Lannisters, like three or four of them, or two or three of them. And then, you know, like a good selection of some of their higher ranked Bannermen that yeah. they knew they could use to barter with. Yeah, totally. I was surprised to see that some of the nephews, like Tywin's nephews, were in this battle. Yeah, I mean, the the book definitely, I mean, this goes without saying, the book definitely gives some more knowledge onto what the specifics are when the battle is being surrounded. And I would think that the show would allude to a little bit more of that, but there's already so many characters in the show. So mm. even talking about someone like Lan or Lancel is sort of a stretch because that's another person they have to cast. It's another character arc. They have to kind of fit in there. Yeah. And so it's totally understood. Like I know some people get a little disgruntled when they see situations like this one, for example, not even shown in the show, let mm -hmm. alone ref ref referring to the people that were captured and the implications of that in the battle in the future. Yep. But, uh, you know, it's kind of what they have to do. It's hard to make a TV series. Agreed. I, I, I wouldn't, um, I don't envy them, you know, it's just, it's, but, I, but I, I will say that they, they do it very well. They do. So they capture Jamie, they throw Jamie down at the feet of Lady Stark. And <sighs> this is where you see the, the, the famous exchange first off when they're kind of, she's like, Hey, you're a dick. And he's like, yeah, but mm, I'm too cool to kill. So what up? <laughs> <laughs> like he's just waving his hair back and running his hands through it, like. Uh, and this is where the mislaid line comes through. Yeah, yeah, I have this as uh, my own of the week this week, uh, and it's a quote from a book. Lannister raised his head. Lady Stark, he said from his knees. Blood ran down one cheek from a gash across his scalp, but the pale light of dawn had put the glint of gold back in his hair. Quote: I would offer you my sword, but I seem to have mislaid it. End quote. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then um conversely from a couple of paragraphs later once he's either led away or basically it's just rob and cat rob says quote he mislaid his sword in eddard karstark's neck after he took off Torrin's hand and split darren hornwood's skull open yeah all the time he was shouting for me yeah so jamie gets this uh gets my own for sure well i i it's i feel like it's the obvious thing for me because obviously jamie was a badass in this but yeah. I'm going to have to give my own to Grey Wind because yeah. at the beginning of the battle, he's standing beside Rob. A horn gets bellowed from the Karstarks that are hiding on the other side of the battle once the Lannisters have jumped in. Yeah. And rather than Rob's camp, like his little selection, 
rather than them blowing a horn back, Grey Wind just rears back his head and howls. <laughs> so I'm going to have to give it to Grey Wind for instilling fear in the hearts of all, but also being intelligent enough to understand how battles are concerned. Like he was like, hey, Grey Wind, let him know that we're coming. It's you know what's funny is actually uh, Rob Stark had to let go his his hornblower, his prior hornblower. He's like, we don't need you anymore. Yeah. You're dismissed. And so some guy's out of a job because Rob Stark has this badass direwolf. Exactly. So Grey Wind's awesome. And you know, the more you read these books rather than just watching the show, you get so much more of the magical undertones that these characters have connected with these wolves, but also just the wolves in general being their own sort of strong characters in the show is interesting. Mm-hmm. So again, this was a, a short chapter, but that is the the end of it. We've got um, roughly ten ten chapters left of the first book, and of course, that will uh, eventually lead to us um, taking a small break while we instead discuss season three of the television show, which airs on March thirty first. If you've been living under a rock or a big giant direwolf, um, it is <laughs> March thirty first. Pat- <laughs> <laughs> if you've been living under Patrick Star. <laughs> Or in a pineapple under the sea, and for some reason you don't know. Uh, on March 31st, the new season comes, and so we'll get back to our original show format and some maybe different surprises um, for you. If it's okay with you guys, if it's okay, we'll take a break from yeah. talking about the books, and we'll talk about the new series for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, if sure. If that's okay um, with you guys. If you guys want to start a petition, you can do that over on our Goo forums, and uh, that that is actually on the Game of Owns website, uh, located at gameofowns.com. Contact us at any time via email. The address is contact at gameofowns.com. And we're actually huge on Twitter. I don't know if you know this. Massively huge. Massively huge on Twitter. And and we all of us um, often host – we retweet our own tweets all the time um, that have, if they're Game of Thrones related. And uh, we retweet the listeners every time um, or mostly every time that, that something really cool is shared. Yeah, if it's badass, then we'll do it. Oh, yeah, man. No, twitter.com slash – Game of Owns. We're unverified and dangerous, so look out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes, we are. And uh, we seem to have mislaid our verification. We mislaid it. And if that rock hasn't cracked and allowed you guys to peek your head just out of your restful slumber, then you might have known that Valentine's Day has come and gone. We have uh, successfully wined and dined each member of the listening audience, and we're glad you guys have a great had a great time. If you weren't one of those people and you just saw some of the posts online, you'd see that we had four carefully placed Valentine's gifts for you from our hearts to yours yes we hope that you enjoyed them and we hope that you said yes to being our valentine this year yes now all i could think about is the one of the valentines i think i gave away in like fourth grade and they were like crocodile hunter themed ones what it was like crikey you're gorgeous (laughs) (laughs) sorry to the australia listeners that was a terrible accent but you get the idea rest in peace steve Irwin. you were a magnificent man gosh the last time i actually gave like paper valentines they were like Superman or Spider-Man and they were like you're a super friend <laughs> you know it's it's cheesy so yeah there was some Valentine stuff uh, we got a few responses on Twitter uh, Matthew Potter replied to our to our most recent or uh, chapter about John and he says not even George R. R. Martin can beat Micah's Samwell <laughs> so that was cool he also he also replied to us on Twitter uh, and made a statement about one of the chapters we did the the Tyrion battle one. He's like, you guys forgot to mention the bit where Tyrion headbutted a fucking horse to death. <laughs> so yes, uh, we we wanted to leave that part out and hope that one of you guys caught it. And there you yeah. go, you did. We're just Congrats. we're just we're just keeping you on your feet, you know, yeah. making sure that 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 kind of stuff gets caught. We're paraphrasing. Um, of course, another one of our recurring friends, Gordon Gordy Walls. Uh, said that 
Pipar has the right of it. Pip has the right of it. Joffrey didn't mean for ice to kill Ned. He just wanted to give him a haircut. <laughs> That's a preview of upcoming interactions. There you go. Um, but yeah, yeah that Valyrian steel, man, secret. I'm telling you. But anyway, we got an, a tweet from what I can assume is a recent listener, first time uh, replier to us on Twitter. Isabel says, I love goo and I love Selena Wilkins' accent. Oh, wow. So we get some love from from people. Love is a strong word. We like love around here. Love yeah, saves the sure. day. I saw Warm Bodies last night. Eric, spoiler <laughs> alert, love saved the day. Love saved the day. Is that like, is it? Is it done in a really cool way or is it done like like water kills the aliens and signs? Oh, no, it's done in a really cool way. And the, oh, the, it was cool. also colored really cool. It was a very blue movie. So it was cool on a bunch of different levels. So that was nice. S- spoiler alert about signs, by the way. Laura Hawk really loved your Dothraki wheels on the bus. Uh, Zach. <laughs> I don't even know how that happened. The the hooves on the horse go. Let's clap with it, Eric. <laughs> up and down. Ready? Yeah, yeah. One, two, three, four. The hooves, hooves on, on the, the horse go, go up, up and down. down. Up, up and oh. down. Are they going up, 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 or up, up and down? Is it? I don't. Let's try it again. What, they go clop, de clop, clop, clippity, clop. Listen, you'll figure it out. We'll we'll read the rest of your tweets. Uh, there's actually a handful more as the week progresses. We've still got two more episodes this week, and I'm I'm fairly positive that Mike is coming out of his basketball-driven slumber. So. Keep your tweets rolling in. We'll be seeing them. We'll be reading them. Anything else that rhymes. Uh, keep your Swedens and your Tweedens to yourself. You guys know who you are. Uh, and other than that, you know, there's an iTunes app that you could click into if you have it on your phone. If you don't have it on your phone, then you may have it on your computer. And if you don't have either of those things, stop stealing your dad's laptop to listen to our show, okay? Yeah. Stop stealing your dad's laptop to listen to our show. Don't do it. Unless he's a fan, then... Let him listen to it as well. And when he asks, don't tell him you miss lately. <laughs> we know you love us. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you later on this week. I'm Eric Skull. I've seemed to have mislaid my name. <laughs> oh, wait. It's Check that. in Eddard Karstark's neck. <laughs>